Welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. Later on, we're going to talk about Arthur Smith. I, I have some thoughts on what happened with Bijan Robinson and Arthur Smith's subsequent quotes about the Bijan Robinson situation. But first, one of my favorite guests is back on the show. Coming up with some possible trade candidates. We're going to talk about where those players should go before the Halloween trade deadline next week. Joining me for that, my friend from CBS, it's Will Brinson. Mr. Brinson, how are you? Bill, what's going on, man? I hope you are doing well. Um, I love the idea. I think I love the idea of a trade deadline on Halloween. Um, Thank goodness that the trade deadline, thank goodness for the inefficiency of the NFL League office, which requires that all business be conducted by 4 p.m. Eastern (laughs) so they can scoot. It's like like the post office or something here. Like, so you can scoot. Like, like what? Like, is this like a. Government, they got to get out of here at five, guys. The NFL. The, NFL. <laughs> the NFL shares a fax machine with someone else, and they have the fax machine from 401 on. So <laughs> it's got to be done by four, as the Browns famously found out with the A.J. McCarron attempted trade a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, God. All right. So what? Man, that one was great. Uh, almost as good as the, was it a Elvis Dumerville? Was Elvis it a trade Dumerville. The There's an actual fax machine involved, like John Elway, John Fox, and Elvis Dumerville, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, he, uh, I believe they had to franchise him and didn't get the fax machine paperwork done in time. And then he left and signed with the Ravens, if I'm not right. Um, It is like hilarious to imagine John Elway and John Fox trying to operate a fax machine at like 3.59 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, knowing that, like, like what, what, what button, John? What button do you press? Like, come on, man! Like, I'll wait a leather jacket and John Fox just like throwing his hands up in the air. I think Fox is the coach then. He anyway. was. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to believe that John yeah. Fox. Was <laughs> it may be Kubiak actually at that point in time. Someone, someone who I don't trust to use a fax machine. <laughs> right, John Elway, John Elway smashing this fax machine with his hands. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the AJ McCarron one was great too. That was a. Uh, as a Hugh Jackson special, hard to believe that he couldn't properly orchestrate uh, a, a trade for AJ McCarron. The same, the same man who, when Al Davis died, decided to just give up everything for Carson Palmer uh, and and a and a, and a five hundred season. Well, all those trades worked out great. AJ McCarron ended up becoming a superstar. Carson Palmer saved the Raiders, and we're in that vein going to save several NFL teams today. Will we are going to identify some of your ideal trade candidates and then we're going to figure out where those players should go so of course we have plenty of players to discuss some players unfortunately have been sidelined by injury who might have been candidates thinking about jeremy chin in carolina james connor in arizona zach Ertz also Mm -hmm. in arizona actually um but plenty of other players who could be on the market we saw kevin byer get traded to the eagles earlier this week so let's run through and well let's start give me a player you expect or you think should maybe should is a better word should be traded next week before the trade deadline at 4 p.m yeah i think should is the the proper way to put it bill because um expect I- expecting nfl trades is uh is not a uh not a profitable business yes. i mean we we have seen like several of them this um you know several pretty fairly high profile uh trades but you know if you go and you sort by the the standings by conference i mean you know the even the Patriots and the Broncos, the worst teams, like the Panthers and the Cardinals, are out of it. But now they're just three games back of a wild card spot. You know, what I mean, like it's it's just it's just the trade deadline so early that it's it's oftentimes uh, difficult to actually see these manifest themselves. But uh, you know, I just pulled off a trade in uh, in a dynasty league with with my buddy Dave Richard, 
and uh, we're playing each other this week. So why not recreate that uh, in in real life? The Titans and the Falcons are playing, and since Bijan Robinson has a has a boo boo on his belly, <laughs> uh, why not why not send Derrick Henry to the Atlanta Falcons? Oh, uh, reunite with his old pal Arthur Smith. They need they need apparently they need a better running game. Um, <laughs> I actually don't think that the the Falcons are necessarily a trading partner, but would make life easier if you wanted to beat the Titans to give up something for Derrick Henry. And I do think Derrick Henry is a prime candidate to be traded. Like this is a guy who is an older running back. Mm-hmm. The Titans are, you know, you just traded Kevin Byard, which indicates that. And I think, um, is, uh, I think it was Cameron Wolf maybe who mm-hmm. sort of reported that it's the, the implication of the report was that the Titans are prepared to re retool. How, whatever you, uh, reboot whatever you want to call it um you know you can't you're not gonna you're not gonna blow it all up and tank uh but they're starting they're starting either will levis or malik willis are playing both this week mm-hmm. um we've seen those guys play in the preseason and malik willis some in the regular season it's not pretty no. i expect atlanta to to win the game and um you know if you're if you're blowing things up and you've got derrick henry who's just just incredible running back you know when you know when he when he's healthy and he's playing behind a good offensive line, he can mm-hmm. change games. I mean, mm-hmm. he is that dominant. Why not find a you know a contender that needs a better running game? Send him there. I mean, to Tampa Bay, maybe I don't know. Like send him send him somewhere where he can really cut loose for a, a team that should have some leads against maybe a, in a bad division mm-hmm. and get something in return. You take you take Derrick Henry off the Titans, and you know I know that they are currently two and four, so they're not in the pole position for the top spot in, in the draft. But I mean, this is a team that could backdoor their way pretty quickly to Caleb, Caleb Williams or Drake may, if you took away their best piece on offense. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, like you said, out with a high ankle sprain that could linger for weeks and Hey, maybe it lingers for two months. You know, if they really want to push for the Drake may Caleb Williams tier here, um, I, I think Derek Henry trade makes total sense. He's not even playing you know, the sort of workload you would expect for him. He's splitting snaps. Most weeks he's trailing Tyje Spears in snaps. Spears has been really the, the lead running back, or at least the lead uh, snap getter at running back for this offense for stretches so far this season. I, I don't think, unless Bijan Robinson has the worst cold you've ever seen, I don't believe that the Falcons hit a running back. No. But I could, I, could think, I could think of two teams mm. in the AFC who could very justifiably add Derrick Henry to their roster for entirely different situations, but both mm-hmm. of them have lost their starting running back for the season. And that's the Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. who are currently using Gus Edwards and Justice Hill as their primary backs, and the Cleveland Browns, who have a big shrug of the shoulders at quarterback and have lost Nick Chubb for the year. Jerome Ford is now hurt. I think he has a, they said, a low-grade high ankle sprain which is a interesting combination of words. It's like when I worked for ESPN Insider as a member of Football Outsiders. They seem (laughs) paradoxical to me, but Browns now down their top two backs. Kareem Hunt was signed. He is now presumably the lead back in Cleveland, but he was not good last year, has not been great this year. I think you could very justifiably say, hey, Let's trade for Derrick Henry. He's going to be the focal point of our offense, whether it's PJ Walker, whether it's Deshaun Watson. And, you know, we're going to lean on him through the rest of the year. And then, you know, we'll see about next year with him uh, having a big contract, Nick Chubb having a big deal. We'll see who's healthy in 2024. But I think renting Derrick Henry for a team that, you know, 
whose coaching staff, whose front office may have playoff or or fired, uh, you know, outcomes here. I think that makes total sense. I agree completely. And you know, Cleveland. Um, I'm going to write about this, and my my pal Brady Quinn uh, got in an internet screaming mad or an internet oh. uh, internet battle over this. But it's like, is Deshaun Watson definitely going to like just play, or is he like, what's his deal? Because he he doesn't really have to. Um, but I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, Cleveland makes a ton of sense. I also think, Bill, you could make the case that if you're the Chiefs, the Bills, the Dolphins, or the Bengals, um, all have running backs that they believe in, I think. All have, you know, you've, uh, whether Pacheco has stepped up and obviously Clyde Edwards Alaire on his way out, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, Raheem Mostert's been you fantastic. But you don't but, believe in Clyde Edwards Alaire still? No, I've, 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 I've given up. I think they should have, uh, possibly. I don't know who yeah. could they who could they have possibly drafted and said hmm. who who was the next pick in the draft that year? Hmm. Uh, was it T Higgins? <laughs> it was it was T Whoops. Higgins. Whoops! That's why that's why there's no luxury picks in the NFL. The next time you hear someone say, "Ah, oh, we were picking at the end of the first round, we could pick whoever we want." Don't do that. Pick, yeah, we pick, just pick won. Player we just won the Super Bowl. We're just it's a luxury pick for it's like no, you you could have had a receiver that the, is so good the Bengals can't afford to re-sign him. Yes. Um, but if you're Kansas City. Miami, Buffalo, Bengal, the Bengals, um, probably the Cowboys too. Yeah, the Cowboys. I mean, anybody. I was thinking specifically in the AFC, just to okay, like well, just because you're like looking at Baltimore and Cleveland, think they might go get Derrick Henry, and that's a problem for us. Why not go rent him yourselves? Or if you're in the NFC, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Philadelphia, Derrick Henry, that that was bandied about a bunch before the season. Mm -hmm. They just made a trade with the Titans, so there's some rapport there with the front offices. Um, you know, the Lions, uh, David Montgomery's been awesome, but he's hurt, and I think it's pretty a nebulous timeline for his injury. Um, Jameer Gibbs, you know, it's clearly they still don't trust him as like a full blown workhorse. So right. why not put him, why not put Derrick Henry behind that line when you're you're five and two and you feel like you've got a real chance to make a run? Uh, mm-hmm. and in Dallas, as you said, I, I think you know, I can't imagine you're gonna have to give up unless it just turns into a bidding war because all these teams are interested. It seems unlikely that you'll have to give up a ton to get Derrick Henry, you know, running back older, you know, not, not, you know, not under team control for a long time. You go and get, go and get Derrick Henry, put him behind a decent offensive line. And one, he's going to bolster your running game. Even mm-hmm. if you've already got a good running game, like I didn't think you could suggest San Francisco, <laughs> like a crazy, crazy world to go get him. Uh, but then two, it's like, man, you get a lead in the playoffs with Derrick Henry on your team. And that the other, the other defense is just in trouble. Yes. You feel very good about your chances. I mean, you're 100% correct, Will. Uh, I The only reason I think there won't be a bidding war is just because there might be so many backs yeah. available uh, You know, over the course of next week. Just thinking about when I wrote about this for ESPN, the guys who I had on my list, Dalvin Cook, uh, Dearness Johnson, who I think could be a Browns trade candidate as well as the number three guy on the Jags, Henry, Josh Jacobs, who's a free agent after the season, Barkley, who's a free agent after the season, um, Cordero Patterson, Jamal Williams, who's now buried on the depth chart, James Conner, if he does end up getting traded, and Zach Moss, who's been incredible for the Colts and who, you know, doesn't have a role there really now or, or probably won't have a long-term role with Jonathan Taylor under contract for the next couple of years. So if you need a running back, I wouldn't fault anyone for going out and getting Derrick Henry, but you should have, you know, really, you should be spoiled for choice. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw you know, one or two teams at the very least go out and trade for a running back to supplement their roster over the next week. 
I agree completely. I had Saquon Barkley on the list. I actually had Clyde Edwards Lair on the list too. It's just like a, I don't know, like maybe you call the Bengals and say like, hey, don't trade Clyde Edwards Lair for T <laughs> Higgins just for uh, you know, just for let's like trade. A, let's trade a first round pick for a second round pick. That's a good trade for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll give you a first round pick for a second round pick. You hope like. You know, Mike Brown's is just sleep of the wheel. Like Duke Tobin's like not paying attention. And it's like, <laughs> these idiots are offering us a first round pick for a second round pick, but they, you don't, you don't see the asterisks there. That's yes. actually Clyde Edwards layer for T Higgins. Is T. Yeah. It could work. It could work. Those fax machines. Very, very tricky, very tricky for, yes. for the elderly to operate. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8SAVE. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8 Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Give me your give me your next trade candidate. Well, okay. Do you want me to go? I've got. Um, I don't. I can't believe I wrote this one down. Actually, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go a little more simple. Um, actually, no. You know what? We'll go. We'll go crazy. Um, what if you're the Chicago Bears and you're two and five? Okay. You are quote unquote trailing the Cardinals and the Panthers, and I'm not sure who you're gonna tra- you're gonna make this trade with, honestly. And that's part of the problem. I was sort of thinking about it, but. Maybe the Atlanta Falcons would actually make a lot of sense here. Mm, I think I see what you're going to do here, Will. We're going to trade Justin Fields. Wow. Yeah. Get real spicy here, Bill. I mean, I think, do you get a first round pick for Justin Fields right now? I mean, Justin Fields in Arthur Smith's offense sounds fun. Sure. And it's hard to make Arthur Smith's offense fun. I mean, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter is not fun right now. Uh, I know he's supposed to be a winner. And mm-hmm. and 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 win games and and be like a I my whole vision for the Falcons this year was um sort of like a homeless man's uh Titans team that was the number one <laughs> seed Bijan playing the role yep. of Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. Des Ritter playing the, the Ryan Tannehill role. Yep. Uh, and it just hasn't panned out for them completely. I mean, they're still in first place in the division, four and three, but I mean they are walking such a fine line. And, and th- that's what the Titans did too. It's like keep games close, try to steal them at the end. I just feel like, uh, you know, you go get Justin Fields and how does that not upgrade your offense significantly, even if you're just using him as primarily a runner uh, and not not necessarily trying to make him into a full-blown pocket passer the way mm-hmm. that Chicago has for the first five weeks of the last two years? Yes, I, I, I see the logic. I, I just, you know, I, I, I understand they need to upgrade a quarterback, no question. And I think Justin Fields in a vacuum is much better player than Desmond Ritter, but you know, I, I, I oh, it's far fetched. What? Oh, of course, it's far fetched. One, one part of me says like, hey, like, 
you know, you can't really learn the playbook that quickly. But then I remember, remember Sam Bradford, that yeah. uh, that Vikings game where he got traded to the Vikings like eight days later. He started week one. They won, I believe, on Sunday or I think it was Monday Night Football. They won uh, at home. He was fine all year. Um, Adrian Peterson got hurt, ended up being a mess of a season for the Vikings for different reasons. But maybe he could learn the playbook in two, three weeks or be at least a functional part of the offense in a couple of weeks. I just, if you're the Bears, like leaving the Falcons aside, do you think you get more for Justin Fields right now? Yeah, that was my get, biggest hangout. Yeah, do you get more for him during the offseason once you know that you have that path to Caleb or Drake May? Because I think that's my concern is like, let's say you trade Justin Fields and then Secret, some secret, secret Bajit man wins four games and, <laughs> yes. and you have no picks. Well, yes. you, do have, you do have the Panthers pick too. They're 0 and 6. But yes, I mean, but let, let's say you end up with, without one of the first two picks in the draft. Like, right. you're feeling pretty dumb if you make that deal. So, yeah, I, I, I feel like it makes more sense after the year. But I think if you're talking about Justin Fields as a fit for another roster in 2024, I mean, the first team off the list are the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I, I agree completely with that. By the way, uh, just worth noting that uh, I think Pat Linder, the New York, New York Daily News, just reported this. Or just Brian Dable says he told Saquon Barkley directly last week that a trade isn't going to happen. Boo! You know, well, I heard Mike Vrabel told AJ Brown that he was not going to get traded. And <laughs> That's how, true. How that how, true. that how that go for H, for Mike Vrabel? Well, I was going to say you want to say how that go for AJ Brown? The answer is quite well. It went great for AJ Brown. <laughs> yeah. For Did Mike Vrabel, well for Mike Vrabel yeah. and John Robinson. Well, well, jo- well, yeah, John Robinson. Got fired, so not did yes. not go well for him. Um, Mike Vrabel, I will never forget that scene in the in the draft room when Mike Vrabel's just like, like what the bleep over and over <laughs> and over again, just irate that AJ Brown uh, got dealt. How about a more realistic okay uh, trade scenario, please, involving a team with a high draft pick that or likely high draft pick that will go to the Bears that needs to get some draft capital. And I think it's a really interesting conundrum for the Panthers. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Bill. I have, and this is not, I'm not saying this is, I live in Carolina. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I grew up a Panthers fan, but I'm not mm-hmm. like a, I don't, I don't really care. You have, I mean, you have several Panthers tattoos. Don't, you don't need to hide that. <laughs> right, 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 right. You, oh, you have, you have a Jake DeLome face tattoo that covers your entire back. I've seen it before. <laughs> I mean, man, uh, Jake DeLone, I, those, those, I mean, Steve Smith it would be a Steve Smith tattoo. If anything, uh, I'm scared sure. of needles, but yeah, the, like, uh, I have a, I have a no, no regrets tattoo across my neck <laughs> with, a, with a Jake, like Jake DeLone's face is the, the D there. Um, I, I think that like the Panthers, I would be, I, if I'm Frank, if I'm, if I'm Scott Fitterer mm-hmm. and I'm contemplating how to maximize value on my roster, I am petrified that. If I trade away my my veterans that people are interested in, like Brian Burns and uh, Jeremy Chan, I guess you can't do now, but you know, like all the all these players that you could trade away, like just and people th- that's the suggestion is like let's reboot and and start it all over and you know just uh, you know like get all the draft capital you can. It's like every time you trade somebody away, that makes it more likely you are going to end up giving the Bears the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. And I know that like it's already done. You can't trade Brian Burns to the Bears and be like, "Can come here that pick pack." Um, yeah, like the Bears are not gonna, the Bears. Are, that, I, that I pick, thought that's where you were going for a second. I was kind oh, of right, really. I mean that that the the pick the Panthers gave to the Bears is currently the most valuable piece of trade commodity in the NFL. I think. So if if you call the Bears who desperately need pass rushers and have a quarterback who they believe in, if you were like, "Hey, we'll give you Brian Burns for our our first round pick back," would you? 
if you're the Bears, do you hang up immediately? I think you have to, right? Yeah. I mean, the Panthers are 0-6 and, and don't show it, and are three-point underdogs to the Houston Texans at home coming out of their bye. And the Texans have a rookie quarterback and haven't been favored on the road since like J.J. Watt was playing for them. Um, it's at least like three-plus years. Sure. And it's just like hard to find a path where the Panthers don't give away a top three I mean, definitely a top five pick, right? I mean, yeah. Carolina, Arizona, Chicago. I I, I I will check with my my uh, overlord, the football power index on this topic. But the Bears have a or that that pick has a eighty seven percent chance of finishing in the top five. Yeah, exactly. So if you're if you're Chicago, you're like, look, I mean, maybe if you, I mean, maybe if you're like, we'll give you Derek Brown and Brian Burns for that pick. And that's like too much. Yeah, probably. Right. But, Pro- but so, probably. so so what what was your what was your trade going to be then? Oh, I was just going to trade Brian Burns. I don't know where I was going to trade him. Um, well, we can talk about it. Brian Burns yeah. makes sense to be dealt. Of course, this is a guy who um, the the Bears turned down. I believe, according to Albert Breer, two first round picks and I think a two as well from the Rams last year. Now it would have been. A year later, the so Panthers turned it down. Whoops. Yeah. Panthers yeah. turned it down. Which then, of course, Brian Burns and his agent are like, "Hey, if I'm so good that you're not willing to take two first mm. round picks and a second round pick for me, pay me that much money." And the Panthers are like, "Yeah, we don't think you're that good." Which hard to say when you turn down that offer. So a year later, the Panthers are in maybe an even bigger mess than they were uh, this time a year ago. At least they had oh, their yeah. own first round pick, and. Brian Burns is now a year closer to free agency. I don't think they're going to get the same level of offer they would have got in years past, but there are plenty of teams who would love to add a, a very talented, I would say, superstar or close to superstar. Young just 25, rusher, yeah. Just 25 years old, a key player. One team comes to mind for me, and I don't know that they would take this big of a swing. I don't think they would. But given their GM's background, I wonder, and that is the Detroit Lions, where you have Aiden Hutchinson, who has been incredible this year. He is a defensive player of the year candidate to me. Um, and I think in the top but he's three, got short arms, Bill. So, and he went to Michigan and played for Jim Harbaugh. So you can't take does. first overall. Well, he's probably been cheating for the last few years. He's probably been spying on the opposing <laughs> self signal. So yeah, I don't actually, for him. I don't actually think I knew that you couldn't advance scout in person in college football. That's kind of stupid. Like, it, it that's the thing is like, like I think people talked about this scout. like like the it's not that the infraction is like that dramatic it's just that they broke this rule that also seems kind of weird and dumb um but that's another conversation for another day yes, um you know no 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 if if the, if the lions think they can go for it you have Brad Holmes who was in the Rams front office for several years where they were very happy to trade first round picks especially late first round picks away picks. for for uh for for young players on rookie deals who are playing uh key positions brian burns lines up there i know dan campbell came out today and said we're not going to mess with this team and they're not messing with the team they're going out and getting a player who is going to add to their roster i could say you know i i wouldn't fault them for taking a swing on burns but i think there's other teams as well who could factor in and offer the panthers something significant like you said to recoup some of that draft capital for probably carolina's best player yeah, and I mean, I think you could make the case if you are, and I, I'm just, I mean, I'm not suggesting that any of these teams like desperately need pass rush, but the, like Brian Burns on a um, 
So he's on the, he's on the, he's on his fifth year option, right? He's mm-hmm. on the tag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like you can tag him after you trade for him. I mean, that's, he's not going to, you, you're not going to lose that ability or you can sign him to a long-term deal. But right. um, if you were so inclined, I mean, just, I mean, just Kansas city, Miami, Baltimore, uh, Jacksonville, uh, Philadelphia, Detroit, like any of these teams that are, you know, if you have five wins or more right now, mm-hmm. You have to consider yourself, and I don't know what the football power index uh, overlords say, but I would think that any team that has five wins, which means that you have two or less losses, just by virtue of the (laughs) seven-week schedule, um, you are probably in the 70 percentile range of of making the playoffs, at the very least, Mm -hmm. Um, 60, whatever it is. And if 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 you're in that spot, why not why not push in a little bit in a year where Yes, there are very good teams in the NFL. I mean, Philadelphia and San Francisco, Detroit are, and in Dallas to a certain extent. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, Philadelphia's look shaky. San Francisco's lost two in a row. Dallas has looked shaky at times. Like, I think if you're, you know, in, in the AFC, um, you know, the Jets lose Aaron Rodgers. Buffalo is, you know, four and three now. The Chiefs haven't been that great on offense, but certainly could, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, right? But I mean, like, if Jackson, like Jacksonville winning the Super Bowl this year, wouldn't be that crazy given just how kind of wide open the whole league feels. Which is to say, like, if you're in contention, if you got five wins or more, why not go and get a pass rusher like Brian Burns and rent him and see just how, just see what your upside is? Because even if you have to give up a first round pick, it's going to be a late first round pick. Mm-hmm. And if you win a Super Bowl because you shoved in and, and, and got Brian Burns, you know, or you know, like worst case scenario, you 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 know lose in the divisional round and you give up like twenty five for for Brian Burns, who you will have another you know two years of control if you so wanted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think that's a very viable case. I I wonder if you're the Rams, who we know wanted Ooh. Brian Burns this time last year. They're three and four. They they've frankly been better than their record. I don't. They should be they, like five and two. Honestly, don't know how they lost to the Steelers last week. I don't want to talk about the Steelers. They're just I don't. I don't. They're, they're disgusting. They're infuriating me. Uh, they're they're so annoying. I've had I had them against the Ravens against the spread, but then I had the Rams. So it's like, how did Rams minus three not happen? Like, <laughs> like what? Like Matt Canada is like watching. I want. I would watch like um, you know, you guys have at at, at the Walt Disney Company. You guys mm-hmm. have ESPN Ocho and all that. Yes. I want like a dedicated Matt Canada <laughs> offensive coordinator uh, feed where it's just nothing but it's like nothing but watching Matt Canada like like cautiously perplexed that his team is scoring points <laughs> like that, like that touchdown against Baltimore the bond to Kenny to, to George Pickens from Kenny Pickett he's like all right I'm not gonna celebrate until I see like like the extra point is kicked like right, he's, <laughs> he's not gonna be excited and he's also like that's he's like looking around like if anybody knows that that's that's like not in that's like I didn't call that play <laughs> like that's not really in the playbook. It's just like George Pickens is singled up on the outside, so Kenny Pickens said screw it and like let it fly. Deep. Kenny Pickens like, checked to his own play. Yeah, was like and people are like Matt Canada's not excited. They're scoring. He's like he's not he's not not excited. He's confused. confused. <laughs> he's like why is George in the in that painted area down there? With the football. Like what's going on? I here? don't I don't I don't think you're. I think that's out of bounds. I don't think you're allowed to. <laughs> Go in there. I, I love uh, on their game winning touchdown against the Rams this week. They brought a guy in motion who almost laid out Kenny Pickens in motion <laughs> and they still score. It's just like e- e- even when it's good, it's bad for the Steelers. I, I, I've pointed this out um several times, but I, mean, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. The um I think it's the 2000 and 
13 NC State football team that um I think it was Dave Doran's first year. I think it was 2013. I'll have to double check. But anyway, one of the we did NC State didn't win a single ACC game this year that I'm that I'm mentioning. And uh three of the offensive coaches on that team, terrible, terrible offensive team, are currently on the Steelers offensive coaching staff. Mm, curious. Very mm. curious. Probably Source. just a coincidence. Yes. Did we ever answer the Rams question? Do you think the Rams should consider trading? Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, I think uh, I think the Rams are a really good football team. Two, we'll say. I I think they're an underrated football team and God knows they could use uh a young pass rusher to play alongside Aaron Donald. I know um who's the guy they drafted this year? Is it Byron Young? Byron Young has looked good for them. I think he gets eleven yeah. knockdowns so far this year. Or thir- uh, thirteen knockdowns so far this year. Three sacks, thirteen knockdowns in uh, seven games. He's been impressive. But I mean Brian Burns is like a cornerstone player for that team. So I I would consider it. I don't know if the Rams will, but uh I, I would be certainly understand why the Panthers would make a Brian Burns trade if they get a good offer. Absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I got a I got a combo. You want a combo of two yeah. players? Let, let's do let's do it. We'll finish up here with a two person combo. This is also very unlikely to happen. At least the first half of the combination. But that's fine. Um, my pal Jason Lockenfora, uh, writing at the Washington Post this week, mm-hmm. had a GM tell him that if there was a market, the Broncos would absolutely trade Russell Wilson. <laughs> and I I think the issue is there's just not like it's kind of hard to find somebody who would trade for Russell Wilson one because Russell Wilson has looked, I mean, he's actually looked like kind of average this year. Yeah. He's been fine. A little stinky, but kind of, he's been fine. He's not, yeah, he's not worth what he's being paid. He, he, he he is the, uh, the, the piece of meat you have in the fridge. That was the use by date was yesterday. It doesn't, it's probably still edible, but, how about how about we do how about we do like you just yeah it's there's no brown spots no right no, but but you're sort of like mm. or or like or the milk and I don't really like milk but my my son my nine year old son Robbie drinks milk a lot and yeah. if the, if, the, if the milk's expired you know you're gonna I don't want to smell it but I'm gonna like you know like all yeah. right like you know that that didn't yeah. smell it smells fine it smells fine that's the Russell yeah. Wilson he is fine so far this season <laughs> really letting the world know about our, our yes our, our questionable dietary <laughs> habits here bill <laughs> uh yeah i mean i think he, he's been fine i don't think that sean payton believes he's the guy i sort of mm-hmm. thought that the broncos until um they pulled off a uh a win this week this past week that they actually might be tanking mm-hmm. um wouldn't have been, i it, i was convincing myself that bill belichick and sean payton were in like a 40 <laughs> tank off <laughs> Which is like surely these guys can't be like can't be this bad an accident right i mean it, it's what's well, like really like this is what happened i mean i understand franchise quarterbacks hall of fame franchise quarterbacks are, are really helpful to your career but it's like you're telling me that tom brady and drew bees matter that much like coaching yes. like i mean i mean and they do but it's like man i <laughs> i thought the be, coaching mattered yeah i thought coaching mattered some apparently it just doesn't matter at all um 
Like what happens if Andy Reid Andy Reid gets you know like losing all uh, anyway? Um, Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy package mm-hmm. them up and ship them to oh I don't know the Jets. The Jets? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just the first team I saw that made sense without a quarterback. <laughs> For uh, I don't I don't I don't, th- I don't think the Jets are the answer. I think um, the problem is it's like what team is in contention. Mm-hmm. That would be willing to give up something and take on a giant payroll situation over the next couple. Either the Jets wouldn't work because Aaron Rodgers coming back in theory. I mean, um, I mean, if you if you let me let me frame it this way. Let me leave Judy aside. Let's say I have to look into the salary cap qualifications, but let's say the Broncos just said, "Hey, Russell Wilson's available. We're just giving up his contract." If you oh, give us free, a swap, free. come get. We, it. Yeah, if you like, you know, you put him out in the street, you you write on a piece of loose leaf, free Russell Wilson. You tape it to him, and then you wait to see if someone picks throw, him up for the next. Throw this slightly expired piece of meat on the on the street yeah. corner and see if you want it. Come and get it. Right. It, it, you're, you can get him for a swap of, you know, a twenty twenty six sixth round pick for a seventh round pick. Right. Do you think any team in the NFL would take that right now? Um, or do you do you have to attach something more valuable like Jerry Judy um, to to get that contract off your books? The problem is anybody without a quarterback right now, mm-hmm. except so like the Browns are Sands quarterback essentially. Yes. The Watson, you know, we saw. I won't name names of insiders, but there were several from several different companies who um, on Tuesday night after that whole Brady Quinn spat happened that were, um, you know, immediately like. You know, Deshaun is fighting hard to get back on the field. It's like, huh, <laughs> that sounds a lot like his agent is telling people that. Uh, Deshaun has been slandered in these streets. We must fight back. There's only one way to do that. By leaking news to the insiders. Yes. yes. Um, so, like, Cleveland doesn't really make sense because you're paying Deshaun. You can't get out of Deshaun's contract. Mm-hmm. Right. The Jets have Rodgers. That, that would be a fun challenge trade. Deshaun Watson for Russell. Oh, dude. There's no winners there, just losers. <laughs> everyone, everyone loses. Uh, who, which team loses the most there? I, I think the, the Broncos lose because Deshaun is has fully guaranteed. Whereas with Russ, you could theoretically get out of it much quicker. Yeah, um, but Deshaun Watson is younger, and he had one good game this year. So maybe you play <laughs> on that. They, the defense held the Titans at three points. And he still got hurt. He got hurt in that game. Still got hurt, even though he had good numbers in that game. There's one team, Will, I look at here. One team, I think, would have that conversation. Okay, is it? uh, Yeah, there's two. I've got two candidates. It's not Atlanta, right? It's not Atlanta. Okay, because Atlanta, I mean, they, they wanted to trade for him before, but then that fell through, obviously. Oh, wait, we're talking about Deshaun. We're talking about Russell, right? Yes. Okay. So I would think that the one team that would have the conversation would be uh, a three and four Washington team. That is the team, the Washington Commanders. Where Russell's from Richmond, by the way. Russell's from Richmond. Sam Howell has been topsy-turvy, I think it's fair to say. Um, the team has a good defense. Chase yeah. Young looks great this year. They have a good pass rush. Their secondary is kind of Yep. Montez Sweat is a becoming free agent. Chase Young is a coming free agent. Um, so they have some money they need to spend, but they do have some money to work with right now. They have playmakers. I don't think anyone doubts the playmakers. And they have new ownership that wants to uh, start over. And 
Just like have, the Broncos do. Just like the Broncos do ownership. They want to start over in different ways. You know, I don't know if they want to make that kind of financial commitment to a quarterback, especially given that he's been uh, a major disappointment. But acquiring Russell Wilson for a seventh-round pick and not having to pay any of his bonuses is very different than acquiring Russell Wilson, giving up two first-round picks and yes. um, or, or more than two first-round picks and paying him a significant amount of money. So for uh, a uh, well and additionally bill i would say this that um and it and how it didn't work it's like the old uh, arrested development uh, meme is like it didn't work for them but it might work for us yes uh if you're ron rivera and eric Bieniemy, i mean you gotta be thinking like all right we're three and four we're in third place in the division we feel like we are the third best team in the division but tampa's three and three and currently holding down a wild card spot like there is there's absolutely a path to being a playoff team and saving our jobs. And what if we tie ourselves to Russell Wilson? Like, hey, this is you know, like if if you if you trade, if you convince the front office to trade for Russell, and the front office should be worried about their jobs too. I mean, this new ownership, we could you could clean it, clean the whole house. And frankly, I think Marty Herney's still. Um, I don't think he's the de facto. I don't think he's the acting GM in, in Washington, but I think he's still in the front office. Mm -hmm. uh, Marty Herney. Ron Rivera should have both. They both know real well what happens when a new owner comes in and buys a team because yep. they were the last ones to get fired by the new owner in, in mm -hmm. Carolina. Um, you know, it's you, you say, look, let's go trade for Russ. If we make a playoff run and we make the postseason with Russell Wilson, we are probably saving our jobs for next year yes. under with Josh Harris. And we've tied ourselves to Russell Wilson. And if he plays well. And so, like, I think even if it's not a smart move per se, it often, but what, but yeah, I mean, how many times do we see this with NFL teams where they will make the front office and the coaching staffs, depending on how they, you know, interact and, and work together, will make moves that are more about saving their jobs than it is about what is best for the franchise from an objective perspective. Mm -hmm. So you'd have Russ, so you'd have him guaranteed for $8 million this year or prorated 8 million this year, you'd also owe him 17 million next year, whether he's on the roster or not. If he's on the roster at the beginning of 2024, you'd owe 17 million for 2024 and 37 million for 2025. So you'd be committing to an additional $54 million. So you'd have basically the rest of the year, you'd pay him, you'd be on the hook for about $20 million for the rest of the year or $21 million for the rest of the year for Russ, which is more than you want to pay, but not um, not so much that it would hurt you if you saved your season and made the playoffs. So would they consider it? I think you have to at least have a conversation about it. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you know, if you're Josh Harris too, I think you look at this team and say, you know, three and four, Sam Howell is, you know, up and up and down. I think you called it. I mean, it, like you're he's, not, he, he's, he's mostly down on the ground having been sacked by 40 um, times by by a passerby um <laughs> he's been uh distracted by uh someone in the stands and fell down he tripped over a leaf um the, they, they, he, he, the beltways there was like a big accident on the beltway yes. and it just like knocked yes. him over he he hurt he got the wind gust from uh from daniel Snyder's plane flying away with the commander's logo <laughs> on it uh knocked him down sam howell is playing some of the weirdest football it really is i think i would say more than anything I'm, I'm i'm fascinated by sam howell like i watch him play and i'm just like 
okay, he's going to escape. No, he's not going to escape. He got sacked over and over and over again. It's incredible. I, I, I can't imagine like, you know, like, like it would be like if you were a, a pitcher and you could, you know, like you had a decent fastball, decent changeup, decent curveball. But every time you try to pick off throw, you threw the ball into right field. Um, <laughs> you'd be like, "Well, that's a Chuck Knobloch." Basically. Yeah, like, 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 but not like, not like, like a thing where you were, were able to do it and then suddenly couldn't do it. Like, you came into baseball not being able to do that and still continue to do it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not the yips if it's just what your skill is. Like, right. how this not the sack yips? He just can't. He can't do that. Like, it, he it, can't not get sacked. <laughs> right. So, I, I don't. I, I don't I don't understand like I'm so I'm so fascinated by Sam Howell that I don't really I don't really get it. Um, Russell but, Russell Wilson may be like an uh, an older Sam Howell, an older slower Sam Howell too. By the way, I mean, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that is a concern for yeah. sure. But I mean, but I, I do think like you're you know you're you're three and four. You are in the tenth seed right now in the NFC. You're you're much closer to a playoff team, I think, if you're Washington than you are to bottoming out and and getting. Um, one of those t- like I, I just don't think a Ron Rivera coached team with a good pass rush and the weapons they have. Yep. Or it's you're not gonna you're not gonna quote unquote catch the Bears, Cardinals, or Panthers or Giants or whoever else is at the bottom. Like you're you you're you're gonna be picking in the middle of the first round, pretty much no matter like what. And so why not you know go for gusto and just see what. See, like, go get Russ and just you're like it's just money. Like you're, 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 you're right. Magic, Magic Johnson can tweet about him. It'll be all good. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the thing. Is like it's not you're not giving up significant draft capital. To get right, you're, you're, you're giving up like like a seventh round pick or less than a seventh round pick and a swap to get him. They have seventy eight million dollars in cap space next year. So I should do this. They're gonna go out and get Chase Young a uh, new deal. Probably they could sign Montez Sweat. Um, you know they they have work to do certainly, but. This would you would a, you get would you trade back a would you give the Broncos some kind of decent draft capital to have them throw in Jerry Judy? Do you want Jerry Judy thrown in? Uh, like that's maybe. not what they like. They don't need a. Receiver they don't need Jerry like Judy. Yeah, that's true. Like like they need maybe offensive line. Maybe they need people in the secondary. You're not going to get Pat Sertain as part of no. the deal. So, but I, I I think you know it's it's worth taking a shot. I I the more I talk about it, the more I'm talking myself into it. Um, would you would you give up a first round pick for Pat Sertain and Russell Wilson? Yes, I think I yeah Pat good because I think Pat Sertain is worth two first round picks and I think Russ is worth zero picks. So average it out, <laughs> you get one. You get one first round pick. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I think you could justify it certainly. So don't think it's going to happen, but it's a fun idea. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Do you? Where would you send Judy if if you were like, okay, we have to trade Judy by the end of the the trade deadline? Where do you think? you would want to have him end up uh steve smith's house you think you think what if he what if he what if he joined the panthers and started wearing 89 <laughs> that's actually incredible um that would that would go over quite poorly uh but it, it would be or like he or he joins the panthers and like next preseason is wearing 89 when steve smith and and taylor czars are doing the panthers preseason game and then just, steve smith is just like like just melting down in the booth um I think you could, you know, it's hard. You look at these, like I'm looking at the NFC teams and Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. I mean, loaded at wide receiver, San Francisco loaded at wide receiver, Atlanta loaded at wide receiver, doesn't throw the football, Uh, (laughs) Seattle loaded at wide receiver, Dallas loaded at wide receiver, right? I mean, maybe Detroit as well. 
Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, no, really, you know, even Minnesota, right? I mean, Tampa Bay. Like, man, everybody, the the Rams, the Puka, every the top nine teams in the mm-hmm. NFC have all have like two really good wide receivers. That's kind of crazy. So, would need to be somewhere in the in the AFC. I don't think you can trade him to Kansas City unless you're getting like, a, like you have to kind of overpay for the divisional in division trade. But that's the most logical spot, right? It, it really is. Yeah. Why not it, trade it? See, I see. I always and I, I, I have a, I have a. My gut says that you'll agree with me here, Bill. But I think people are like, you can't trade him in the division. It's like, well, if he's not great, yeah, and you're getting a pick, but like, it, it, whenever you trade in the division, you are getting a pick back from your division rival. You were, mm-hmm. if you win the trade and Jerry Judy isn't great and doesn't sign with them long term, and you get a pick back from them that could be a wide receiver. Like you, you could, you can make it, you can make a division rival worse by trading with him. Mm-hmm. If you were the bills, would you trade for uh Jerry GD? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a problem. I think just defensive injuries are their problem. So no, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Do you think like, I, I, I would say if you can't replace Matt Milano, which you cannot, you can't replace Tredavious white, just load just, up on office, just say, screw it. We're going to try and score as many yeah. points as possible. Trade for Derrick Henry and Jerry Judy. I mean, that's not the worst idea, it's though. Actually not, it's actually not the worst idea in the world. And just be like, look, we are Ken Dorsey. Open up the play. Like, y- you can do do whatever you want. Do whatever you need. You're getting Derrick Henry. You're getting Jerry Judy. We're giving up a couple. Like, you're not giving up first round picks. You know, you're no. giving up mid round yeah. picks for these guys. Yeah. Late mid to late round picks. It's like, let, like we're we can't do anything about our defense other than, you know, hope that young guys step up and. Yeah. You know, we we in Sean McDermott can coach him up with with all the injuries that are happening. Yep. Screw it. Let's lean in and be the best offensive team in football. Mm-hmm. I, I think don't that's that. the I think that's a very defensible approach from because there's not really you can't get him on a replacement, but you can run yeah. the ball more effectively. You can get a number two receiver who uh, can beat man coverage and who gets open. Yeah, um, Gabe Davis would be a filthy number three receiver too. Like, you, oh I sure, mean, where all of a sudden he's just like you just. <laughs> he's like, guys, can I stop running these nine routes on every play? <laughs> nope, <laughs> keep going, Gabe. Me, you me, catch just, one. Just clearing out every single round. Yeah, and Jerry Judy and Stephon Diggs just eating underneath. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it's not it's not. A, and then it's like if you you run <laughs> and like you run trips with Derrick Henry in the backfield. Mm-hmm. It's like if you. If you're giving him a, if you like, you're giving Derrick Henry and Josh Allen, you can run a read yes. option with those guys. My God, yes. yeah, that, that was my that was my argument for them in the off season. Was I looked at what the Chiefs did? I, I feel like people listening to me are so sick of me telling this story, but <laughs> you know, the the Chiefs got a ton of too high. Their answer was to get a power back and Isaiah Pacheco instead of Clyde Edwards-Helaire. It was to go with more two, three tight end sets, get bigger, and say, yep. okay, if you're going to play light boxes against us, we're going to have this lunatic who runs like he's on fire uh, knock you over and make you regret having you know, uh, seven defensive backs on the field. And I think for the Bills, you know, they they didn't make the same kind of move. They went out and got Dalton Kincaid. They signed Damian Harris. They signed Latavius Murray. Those guys are decent power runners. But, um, you know, they're still kind of like the same offense. Like they, they've run more 12 with Kincaid and Knox before he got hurt. But Kincaid's on a blocking tight end. Kincaid yeah. is a... You know, he is a a move tight He's end. He's a wide it's receiver a, with a tight right. end label. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, that can be a very valuable player. But um, it's not like, you know, the Chiefs have... Noah Gray and Blake Bell and like dudes who are not going to be great athletic, you know, dominant players, but who can be, you know, more versatile than than Kincaid is. Like, okay, like we're going to bring in Derrick Henry. Now you have a guy who you know, if you if we spread the field and you're going to match with seven defensive backs, six defensive backs, like you've now you have 
uh, we're five on five with our offensive lineman against your five man box, and we have Henry against a cornerback and a safety. Like that is a bad matchup for you. So I, I think they could absolutely justify bringing in like the ultimate power back and having him be, you know, a, a counter punch for defenses for the Bills. I, I, I love it. I mean, I think that a lot of times um, NFL teams are more than willing, all, too willing to stick with like the status quo and just say like, all right, we can sort of fix this as coaches. And it's like, look, your defense, this defense is, even if Von Miller turns into, you know, defensive, his defensive, like into a defensive player of the year candidate, um, the Matt Milano, Matt Milano is sort of the Jenga piece, copyright Dave Damashek of that, of that defense. Mm-hmm. Tredavious White's a, you know, like a top shelf cornerback. And you, you, as you said, you can't replace them there's nothing you can really do about this defense. It's not going to magically get better. And so you sort of have to just kind of make a decision to lean into the offense and you have Josh Allen. And like you said, you can, you can, you can snuff out um, the two high, the two high problem pretty quickly by running Derrick Henry over and over again into, into softer, softer boxes. Why, why don't we just run every NFL team? Well, we I can know. solve so many problems with these trades. Like we would just let us actually run the league like Madden commissioner mode. But until then, Will, until we are actually taking over, where can people check out your thoughts on the NFL? Uh, CBSSports.com, of course, uh, writing there several times a week. Look at me, writing again. How wonderful. Wow. Uh, the Pick 6 Podcast on YouTube, youtube.com slash NFL on CBS, and then on Twitter and Instagram at Will Brinson. Well, you know, it's always a blast. Thanks so much for coming on. Always a pleasure, Bill. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks so much to Will Brinson. I wanted to share some thoughts here on one of the more curious situations from week seven, and that was the Bijan Robinson case in Atlanta. So Bijan Robinson was not listed on the injury report all week, came into Sunday expected to play in a full role, but Bijan Robinson did not play many snaps in this game, and he was not being featured. There was really no conversation about it until the third quarter when people started realizing, hey, Bijan Robinson is here and present, but he's on the bench. Bijan Robinson played a total of 10 snaps in this game when he had been in a rotation, but the primary back for this offense. Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, who had barely played on offense this year, um, in Patterson's case, split the carries and the snaps for the Falcons otherwise. So we get reports as the game goes on afterwards. Bijan Robinson was not feeling well, had an illness, had a headache. In terms of the illness, it happens. Like Players get hurt at the last second or, or are not available at the last second. Sometimes players pull hamstrings and warm-ups. Sometimes you have Tyrod Taylor getting an injection from the Chargers doctor, and that caused him to collapse. He had a lung injury, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and and missed that game, which started the Justin Herbert era. That That's going to happen, and you can't avoid that. And maybe this was a touch-and-go situation where you could not have control for whether Bishan Robinson was going to play even as the game started. Maybe I'm, I'm naive, but I'm willing to at least take that into account as a possibility. What I can't countenance, though, is what Arthur Smith said after the game. So, reading from our uh, ESPN article on this topic, asked why Robinson was given a carry in that situation when he hadn't played all game. Smith deferred to the play itself. Now, this is fourth the fourth quarter, the Falcons already have completed a long pass to Cal Pitts. I know it sounds weird. I promise you it happened. They are set up. Uh, they're getting close to field goal range. They're not quite there, but they're close. And Arthur Smith brings Bijan Robinson onto the field. He gets a handoff out of the pistol for three yards. 
Now, Smith can't know what's going to happen on the play, but this is what he said about the decision to put Robinson on the field. He was in a two-minute situation, gave us three yards, and it was situational football. He changes how people want to call it, and that's why. It's pretty simple. Boy, it is not pretty simple with this situation. So when he says call it, Arthur Smith, I'm assuming, is referring to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, maybe they thought their run fits were going to be different. I'm not sure why they couldn't have had someone run inside zone or duo or whatever they ran out of pistol for you know a play where everyone knows you're running the football and you're setting up a game-winning field goal. It doesn't strike me as something where Bijan Robinson is going to make the biggest impact versus Tyler Algier or Cordero Patterson in terms of football difference. So I'm skeptical that that's the case. He says he was in a two-minute situation. It was situational football. Well, there's lots of situational football situations during games. He, there's the, 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 the two-minute warning. There's every third down. There's red zone plays. There's all these situations where someone could make an even stronger case for having Bijan Robinson in the game, and Arthur Smith chose either not to or not to hand the ball off to him in those situations. But what I find so difficult to understand about this is if you get to the fourth quarter of the game, the opposing defense knows, hey, we haven't seen Bijan all game. It's clear that he's not 100%. He's not healthy. And in fact, he's been so unhealthy that you've limited his role dramatically as this game has gone along. And your player who you love giving the ball to has zero touches deep into the fourth quarter. At what point are you risking a player's health? At what point are you saying this impossible difference of Bijan Robinson is not healthy enough to play a regular role in this game, but healthy enough to take a snap in a situation because we need it for football reasons? Which, again, I'm arguing not only was that not a situation where he made a significant difference, but you winning or you setting up a field goal in the fourth quarter in week eight of the NFL season uh, to help beat a, a bad team on the other side of the field where you have not played well for all that game. I think it was Tampa uh, had three turnovers in the red zone, if I'm not mistaken, in this game. Or sorry, Atlanta had three turnovers in the game. Like, like not only is it that Tampa's not a great team because you've moved the ball all day on them, but your, your quarterback sucks and you have no hope of doing anything this season because you have a quarterback who's uh, not an NFL caliber quarterback. Is it really worth getting those three yards? Getting that carry from Bijan Robinson is in a situation where you don't know what's wrong with him and he's physically ill and can't play his regular role. Is that really the best use of your players or is it selling out to win what's going to be a meaningless game in a meaningless season for a team that would be heartbroken if anything happened to Bijan Robinson and should be? Bijan Robinson is in the first year of his career. He looks like a great player. Anything that's going to jeopardize his health is something the Falcons should be avoiding. So to have Arthur Smith come out and say, oh, it's simple. It was situational football. The only way you see this as a meaningful situation is if you have no perspective. If you are so myopic to believe that Arthur Smith and the Falcons need a carry from Bijan Robinson in this situation to make a meaningful difference in their game, in their season, over the course of, of Robinson's career with the team, just foolish and short-sighted. And does not speak to a head coach's ability to keep the important things about his players in perspective. Okay, we are finished up here with the Bill Barnwell Show. Next week, I believe we are doing a mailbag show. So I will be asking for your questions on Twitter. You can talk about whatever NFL topics you would like 
dumb football questions, nerdy football questions, whatever you need. I'm here to help next week. So thanks so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with a mailbag.